spine and sprocket. Read to him the 29th scroll, 6th verse. Beware the beast man, for he is the devil's pawn. Alone among God's primates, he kills for sport, or lust, or greed. Yea, he will murder his brother to possess his brother's land. Let him not breed in great numbers, for he will make a desert of his home and yours. Shun him. Drive him back into his jungle lair, for he is the harbinger of death. Hi, everybody. It's another episode of Spine and Sprocket. If you were listening to the introduction, you would know that. That was a little clip from... The wonderful 1968. Am I off on that? Film. Well, we're off to a good start. <laughs> you can see once again we've done our research. Yeah. Planet of the Apes. Yes. The Planet of the Apes. An Arthur P. P. Jacobs like production. Really? Starring Charlton Heston, Roddy Kim Mc- Hunter, Roddy McDowell, Maurice Evans, and Jerry Mathers as the Beaver. Yeah. And I'm Jeff. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm Dave, and with us today is Dennis. Welcome again, Dennis. Thank you. We like to nice dredge, to see you again, Dennis. We like to Thanks. dredge Dennis up from the from the cellars when we do <laughs> horror films or nice classics, sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. So this was a fun film that we have witnessed again. Did you see it in the theater? It was it was at the theater recently. We saw it in the theater. Couple mm-hmm. months ago, Dennis, did you see it in the theater? What, originally, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, originally, but I mean, it was recently in the theater, like two months ago. Oh no, I okay. I missed that. Was that one of the they, Phantom? One events? of the fan, one, one of, of the yeah. re-releases. TCM, at, yeah, mm-hmm. that Turner Classic Movies released it. They'll run them in uh, like at eight in the morning or at one in the afternoon on a weekday, and then on a weekend special show like once. Yeah. Those are great. I started doing that when they did the Dracula. Oh, really? Uh, thing. And yeah, that was it's fun. tremendous. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to go back into the big to see those in the big theater again, to see them uncut, and uh, to sit with a bunch of people and throw popcorn at the screen and stuff like that. It was really fun. Yeah, we saw it with uh, fans. It was mostly. not an empty theater. It was not empty. Yeah. Not a, a big smaller theater. theater. But, yeah, right, but. But about half full. I was surprised. It was a good turnout. Well, I think it was a little more than that, but okay. Let's let's argue. <laughs> no, we went to Uncle Murray's house. No, it was Aunt Myrtle. No, Uncle Murray. Aunt Myrtle. Uncle Murray. Do you know couples like that? And yeah. you're like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Get matter. Get to the punchline of yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. But anyway. Uh, was fun to see it again, and I've seen it. I think most of us have seen it many times, probably. Many times. You can't help it. It's 1968. That was like 20 years ago. For us, it was that. It was those formative years. And it keeps being quoted. It's quoted Get constantly. your hands off me. Mm-hmm. You, you dirty, darn dirty ape. Yeah. Oh, we can say damn. <laughs> okay. The kids have gone to bed. Okay, here's a warning. We're going to be we're going to say damn a couple of times in this show. So uh, if you have sensitivities that are offended by that, find another show. And I think I think she said when she kissed uh Zero when she kissed Taylor. Oh you're yeah. You're so damned ugly. You're so damned ugly, right? So it was a 1968 science fiction film okay. directed by uh Franklin Schaffner. Has he done anything else, I wonder? Uh, don't know. James Whitmore also starred in it. James Whitmore, really? Yeah, he was one of the judges, I think, at the booth. At the, okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that. I was just so... I remember seeing it as a kid. My dad took us to the theaters. And it's funny, my brother and I have very different memories of it. He remembers seeing it at the drive-in. I remember seeing it at the theater in Lake Geneva. <clears throat> And uh, my mom didn't want to go, which is good, because she doesn't like movies where they say damn. Oh, okay. And so as kids, we went and saw it and were appropriately shocked at the language. And at the naked nudity. Which wasn't really there. Oh, wait, you saw Heston's rear end. Yeah. Yep. 
forever ingrained in my memory. Pretty, it's one of my fondest memories of this film. Pretty common in films from the late 60s. <laughs> Charlton Heston's rear end. <laughs> More nudity then. Yeah. Yeah, they were experimenting with nudity. They were, you know, sort of um, pushing the envelope, you might say. <clears throat> I took my inhaler thinking it was going to... It was a wonderful time to be alive. And Dennis, do you remember seeing it for the first time ever? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I, I've seen it probably three times, but um, most recently, I think I saw it on the Sci-Fi channel, and movies on that channel are generally chopped up really bad because of their commercial breaks. Oh. So uh, parts yeah. of it were probably um, left out. Uh, Hopefully they didn't leave out the butts. <laughs> or, or the dams. Or the dams. Yeah. Yeah, full disclosure, I was an apophile. Okay, full disclosure. Does mm-hmm. that mean something to somebody? Are they going to go like, ah, Dave? Yeah, no, yeah. no. The real, fans are, real fans are going to go, yeah, apophile. Yeah. I remember <laughs> Dave wrote a letter into the Planet of the Apes um, magazine published by oh, the Black and the Big Marvel Marvel yeah. Marvel Group. They did the big black and white one, I, oh. and I had a subscription to that. The comic book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not the little color ones. I never got those. But So I saw, I, I saw the film in the theater. I don't remember anything much about that particular incident because I so then became an ape nut that um, saw it so many times and yeah. all the sequels. I remember riding my bike to the theater to see Conquest of the Planet of the Apes and then my mom drove us to Battle of the Planet. I mean, this was a big deal for me. Yeah. So I, I sold a box of ape memorabilia. Um, so that's my true You are story. an apophile. You are a true apophile. Yeah, a guy who, who got, gave up all his ape stuff from the magazine, the Marvel magazine. You write letters to the editor. Yeah. I think it was in there. Yeah. And he said, I'm getting out of it. Would they do that in there? The classified ads, maybe something. Probably. And uh, did you have a lot my of stuff. figurines? I'm getting was, out of apeness. No, I didn't get into all the toys. I was a little too old for all that. Because well, the monster shop that used to be on Milwaukee Avenue in Chicago carried a lot of that it. stuff. Yeah. Now they're only online. They have no physical no store anymore store for the monster shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too bad I hadn't gotten down there. Um, but he said, well, I'm getting rid of all my stuff, and I'll send some to you. So I was already exchanging letters for – now, that's getting really weird, isn't it? Letters. <laughs> we were like apes pen pals. Yeah. I think we exchanged three letters. Like, oh, hi, oh, I love the films too, and yeah, me too, and I have this and that, and oh, I have this, and I'm doing – we're doing makeup and making our own – going to make our own film, and oh, yeah, this is great. And then he's like, I'm too old. I'm giving away all my stuff. And he sent me the original, some of the original cards, trading cards, which I didn't know existed at that point in my life. He was not uh, behind bars then. No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he probably what happened is he discovered um, women. Exactly. (laughs) Less hairy women. Yep. (laughs) Probably so. Well, that's astounding. I I didn't, I never got into it that much. I I liked the film a lot. And the second. You know, the second and the third. I may not have, I probably have seen those once. The fourth and the fifth film, I, I may not have even seen those. So, Dave, I may have need to borrow those. I, I will say that the, <clears throat> the second one, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I remember seeing Charlton Heston on TV. It was like the Mike Douglas show or, or Donahue. Donahue. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and. He, someone asked him about the why would you make such stupid films as Planet of the Apes? Because you're such a great actor with the Ten Commandments and all. And he replied, he he would stand by Planet of the Apes. Absolutely, is a great film, and it's and it's everything, you know, it's symbolism, it's blah, it's, it's yeah. everything. And he said some of the later adventures were somewhat adventures among the monkeys. And I remember that exact quote from him. I mean, maybe I took a little offense, like monkeys, they're apes. Yeah, <laughs> and um. I think the second Beneath was not quite as good, but when I had rewatched this with my children, I made them all sit through them in the last three years. I thought it was really much better than I remembered. Is that why they're so eager to leave home at your house? <laughs> then you get into Escape from the Planet of the Apes, and the two ape, Cornelius and Zero, leave Ape Planet, right? And oh, right. Earth, they and come it, to Earth. And that's, that is a great film. It is funny. It is witty. 
you know, it, and it's totally different than the other ones. Hmm. And then you get into conquest, which is the how the apes got started from slavery. Yet another totally different film. Hmm. And I, I believe that one sort of it was that was more like good old violence and burning things and jumping around. When you're a kid, you like that a lot more. Oh yeah. But as an adult, take away a lot of those long scenes, and it really stood up to references to again slavery. You know that yeah. kind of thing, and how Cornelius is hiding. Well, his name is now Caesar. He's the son of the Cornelius and Zira, who's born oh. the future scary ape child that the government wants to kill. Well, not the official, like the secret government guy. Yeah, goes vigilante and wants to kill this unborn, this, this newly born ape, hidden. And it's really quite the five films being so different for a sequel kind of things. Battle for the Planet of the Apes, the worst one of the bunch. Who wins all? Who wins the battle? The apes. Okay. All right. Spoiler. Sorry. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Yeah. But, well, apparently there is a a deep, something deeply attractive about this, the concept of this. Well, because it has gone through movies and TV show, and I think which ran for two years on ABC, maybe. I have them all on DVD. Really? You are Aaron, an odd one, aren't you? Aaron and I watched them all wow. a year ago. Well, because it was so cheap to buy it now. Yeah. Like, oh, a- eight bucks? I'll watch those TV yeah. series again. I don't remember them being fantastic. But watching them again, they're entertaining enough. But I yeah. want my kids to remember the films, not the TV series. Yeah. A cartoon series ran. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the cartoon series, the comic books, obviously, the, Multiple. the collectible cards that you Tons. mentioned and the models. Aurora kits, metal yeah. kits, and then the, all the toys, Mega, whatever. And, yeah. Um, and then the remake that's on the cover of our book we're going to do next show. Has been remade now twice. Once by yes. Tim Burton. I don't think this one seemed to work, the one by Tim Burton, as much. Yeah, I don't think that one did so well. Because it's no, been a very long time since I've seen that no one. No sequels off of it, whereas no. the new restart, what is it, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Has done, like that. that's, there's three of those. Getting up early with apes. My dinner with apes. No, that was Andre. Breakfast at Ape Land. No, that was at Tiffany's. Oh, I'm getting these confused. <laughs> but they're similar in stature. Little big ape. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, there must be good and well, doing well enough to have sequels made. Yeah. The new series. So I, it's interesting, uh, Charlton Heston, uh, Dennis, excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. that Charlton Heston... Defended it, and I, and I think it is a defendable film, having seen it. Well, and Dennis, what's your take on all this stuff? I think that it it's a great film, but I think that the um, changes that were made due to the, all of the special effects that were being added added a different uh, tone to the movie uh, in later versions. The remakes. Because, yeah, when you have all the leaping and... And they really are like apes like, instead yeah. of like... But I, evolved apes. But that's in uh, the no thing that draws me in because, I, as a child, I was always taken to the zoo, and one of the places that I found intriguing was the Great Ape House at the Lincoln Park Zoo because you got to get really close to the large apes before they changed the houses and improved them and made them more comfortable living quarters and stuff and more learning experience oriented for the apes to keep their minds active. Um, Having an ape that actually escaped from the Lincoln Park Zoo and, according to legend, carried his keeper along with him for a while until he decided that it was safer to go back to the cage and did not injure the keeper or need to be sedated. As would be done now, Bushman. Was oh, his that name. was Bushman. Bushman took his keeper for a walk. I did not know that. Bushman is still on display at the Field Museum yes, of Natural yes. History, and he yes. was one of the larger apes ever. He did uh, captured. He did. Yeah, he's there with the lions of Sabo and yeah, all kinds of other. Which we won't get into the Harumbe thing. Mm-hmm. No, we won't. The cause... one they shot in Cincy. Oh. The little boy fell in the pin and he oh, was right. washing yes. him around in the water. Yeah. 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 Oh. He was rinsing him off. 
Yeah, a little scary though. But, but uh, full disclosure then. Okay, full. That the when, previous disclosure wasn't when full. I was, that was when partial. I was two and a half. We'll edit that. I got lost at the zoo, and I got into the cage with the apes, and I was kept for a full weekend and raised by them, which is why I have such an affinity for these films. And why you throw poop? Yes, that would you. Yeah. Say that again, I'll <laughs> wing it at you. <laughs> Dave's getting a handful. <laughs> See, my experiences with apes were usually hilarious. I was at Brookfield Zoo, and this lady was dressed very smartly. She had on a beautiful yellow dress, and it was summertime, and she had her children with her, along with a lot of other families, over by one of the ape cages. <laughs> and the gorilla decided that it was time to dip, to grab a handful of stuff, dip his hand in water, and then whip it through the bars of the cage. <laughs> he did not enjoy the audience that day for some Apparently. obscure reason. And the yellow lady, yellowing, enraged. Oh, her, her yellow dress became multicolored and very fragrant. Wow. Well, so this particular film, then we digress, kind of. We did digress really. a little. Uh, opens with Charlton Heston talking into the microphone. Yeah, smoking a cigar, which my son thought was a little dangerous in a in a, air, a spacecraft. Yeah, I think so, but it's the future. And he's pontificating about mankind, wasn't yes. he? It started there, the vastness of space, and the because although based on Pierre Boulle's or Boulet's book, it's Boulle. It is Boulle. Yeah, um, I looked it up. <laughs> um, the script was done by Rod Serling. Partly right. I'd forgotten about that, but yes, that's I right. I think oh, so. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's so he's got a lot of that philosophy about mankind at the beginning and the man's future, and then they go into the space cyber. What did you call them when you're in deep in freeze hyperspace? Sleep. Yeah, they, no, they go cryogenics. Yeah. Sleeping. He talks about time travel. Yeah, and so then. The Which I thought was appropriate role. because it's a philosophical movie. There's a lot of, well, it it is a philosophical. A, well, movie. Let me. Uh, I, it's a philosophical book. Let me put it that. I, it is I, also a philosophical movie. Yeah, it is. I think overall, uh, it's a. If I had to encapsulate the book, uh, the movie in one word, I couldn't. But I could do it in a few words. A cautionary tale is what the way the, the movie struck me. A cautionary tale. I like that. I don't know that the book was really a cautionary tale. Uh, as much maybe. as a more of a satirical. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. A, more of a 1980, not, more of an animal farm kind of a feel to it. Yes. Satire. You are right. But which we'll talk about in the next episode. Yes. And Taylor says, does man still have wars and let his neighbor's children starve? Yeah. It's a quote. Yeah. So he's kind of sarcastic and fatalistic. Is that the right word for Taylor? Yeah, I would mm-hmm. say so. Yeah. And then the crash is never. Oh, the credits. Then you get this light moving across. Yes, and the goofy music. Did you like the music? I I actually prefer you singing the music to the actual music that was in the film. I wasn't a big fan of the music in the film. I love the music. Not just the opening credits, but okay. So then the crash happens, right? And this was really cool. It was really cool. I remember thinking, wow, this is Charlton Heston in this movie. This is going to be a good movie because I knew him from Ben and El Cid and other movies. The Big Country? The Big... Was he in The Big Country? Mm -hmm. He was a foreman for um, one of the ranchers. I forget the fellow's name. The Big Country, The Greatest Show on Earth, and A Touch of Evil, and other classic wow films so for him to be in this i thought wow this is kind of a big deal i think my dad kind of built that up a little built too. that up for us that this was going to be a big deal so there they are cool and and they, they don't show the crash no saved but, a little money there but they, yeah 
but they end up in the water. Well, what they it's did... It's filmed in subjective angle through the windshield. The camera hits the oh, water. Oh, yeah, right. And there's bubbles. But what was the coolest part before that? They they come out of their cryogenic oh. sleep. And the and woman, what, Eve? Yeah, Eve. <gasps> she was all shriveled up and dead. Yeah. She looked like she came right out of Psycho. Like the, left, like the the stand-in for the old woman in Psycho. I think Psycho. they used the same dummy. Yeah, they may have. Did that startle you? Yes. Yeah. I oh, yeah. was not expecting anything me. that drastic and that early in a film. Yeah, right. Right, and they had that, that screechy violin sound like they pictured her and went, that's not how it sounds, but I'll do it anyway, even though it doesn't sound like that. But it was, uh, yeah, it scared the heck out of me. Yeah, and they crashed. Interracial crew, I'll point out to you. Yeah. And intersexual, interse- um yeah, there's a word What's the for, word that, for integrated men and women? Men and women? Non-gender specific crew? <laughs> they weren't all That's a little cumbersome. But they, they, weren't all, they weren't all white males. Yeah. Probably that was to show it's the future. Well, this is 1968. <laughs> yeah. I know, I mean, really, right? Yeah. For, and they're, if they're, you're sending people to another place you have that they're probably not coming back from, definitely both sexes now, have did they, to did, go there. Did they mention the time travel diff- thing? That they're going to be uh, yes, they're going to be gone for a short period of time. But, but on Earth, they will have gone hundreds of years or yes. something. Yes, yeah. and you okay. saw the counter show the uh, the time. I forget the year. Yeah, three thousand four, whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, then they start walking on the planet, and there's a scene where Heston sees Langdon. Langdon was the guy with the beard. Yeah, planting the U.S. flag. Oh yeah, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, he's he just it's like, what are you doing? You know. But then, and he and Langdon seem to have some some conflict going yes. on throughout their relationship. Because I think Langdon was a person that believed in people and in hope and in the future, and Taylor was or Heston's character a lot like, more cynical. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fact, he starts laughing out loud. Do you remember that part? When he plants the flag, oh, 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 and then like the laugh doesn't match the audio, and they zoom like in, in his mouth almost, and it was that was a little weird. I kind of that was one of my what's up with that moments. Yeah, what, for the yeah, what is up with that? Why over, can't he get his teeth fixed? Over exaggerated that laughing bit, yeah. laughing at Langdon's sticking the American flag there. Like. Yeah, yeah. There were parts of the movie that made me think of uh, Sergio Leone or something like that, like a foreign film. The way it was, the editing oh. and the uh, the soundtrack went along with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and my son Adam, we watched the first half at home, and then I found it was going to be in the theater. We I stopped, and we saw it with you, Jeff. Yeah. Um, said it was kind of spooky when he was laughing like that. but And then natives appear. They're walking along. They go down the slopes. They It's deserty. It's great. I thought it was great music. Doom, 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 doom. Very percussion. You know? Yeah. Doom, 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 doom. And uh, just really dry sound of percussion and suddenly, you know those kind of sounds yeah. and um but then he saw the people following him down the, the valley they're up on this on the ledge top part of the screen and he actually goes oh there's there's people up there like he really got got into it. like he just spotted them in the background following yeah. along heston and them as they go through this this crevasse crevasse chasm cool. yeah chasm or chasm <laughs> And Laura thought the scarecrows were scary. The scarecrows were scary. They scared me. Right? They then hit oh, those scarecrows yeah. on the... the boarded out scarecrows. Yeah, yeah it kind of looked like uh, crucifixes or something almost. Yeah. Yeah, or like... I, I thought... At first, I thought those were actual people, like, nailed to those things, but they weren't. No. Yeah. Yeah, but scary. And I'm... Because I'm part crow. That's why. <laughs> so it scared me. Crow from... That scared me. Scarecrows. Scare Song me. of Fire and Ice. Game of Crow from The Crow. Oh, The Crow. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought we were talking American Indian. Now we're going like, no. Crow. <laughs> so then they come upon a, that uh, beautiful water. Water area, waterfall. Green. Yeah, and all that green foliage. And they decide it's time to disrobe and get back to nature, splash around a little bit. And we saw butts. Seymour. What? You... 
And as a little kid, I mean, when I saw that, I was – I guess I was 11 when I saw that. Butts are a little more unnerving when you're 11. Yeah. It's like you didn't know there were butts under yeah, there. something about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought – and part of me thought, gee, did they need to show that? But see, we're city people, and we don't have water holes we, that's and stuff true. like that. We, now, I rural people might be a little less offended or surprised. If you're a rural person and you are offended by Dennis's comments, please direct all comments to Dennis. <laughs> and but you might be right. Yeah, you could be right about that. Well, I think it was an age thing, too. Yeah. If it was an adult and you don't care. Probably. Especially if it's female. Yeah. But I was there with my brother and sister who are a little bit older than I am. I was a little bit, you know. Embarrassed. Un- a little uncomfortable with the butts. Oh. Not that there were a lot of butts, but it was a... Okay, I get, get off the butts. <laughs> All right, so then the next scene is the hands come up at the bottom of the screen oh, where the right. clothing is on the, bra- yes. on the bushes. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. They grab all the, clo- the clothing off. Yeah, that was cool. It's cool. They run over. Of course, the humans tear up. We, we know there are human hands taking them. We haven't yeah. really seen the humans yet. They're tearing up the clothing and running, and they chase them, and then you hit the scene where they're eating in the cornfields and right. the fruit tree. Yes. Right. With all these humans that they are surprised to see. Who are who are clothed? They are clothed. Yeah. Which they should, probably should not have been. I think they should not have been. But that would make it a higher, a worse rated film. Yeah. Worse, better, better, worse. It would have been an X-rated movie and a lot of people fr- would have would gone have been there X-rated. disappointed. That's right. Because our... Back in those days. Was at, more like I don't even X. think they had R. In well, X was more like R. Right. Yeah. They had R's and they were more like PG-13s. But... Yeah. But cool, and they're all eating, right? Yeah, so they discover this crowd, these people who are acting like animals. And then suddenly they hear... So they, they, right? They hear Dave in the background <laughs> making that funny noise. Wasn't it that, the horn? Yeah, I think they found... Yeah, a they horn, horn blast. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. And mm-hmm. then, and then the, the beaters. The beaters start coming. The beaters running through. The frenetic... I thought it was fantastic hunting scene. Just fantastic. Running through the cornfield. I think that's a classic classic, uh, cinema thing is running through the cornfield because you don't know really what you're running into or what what direction you're going. Oh, yeah. And you can only see a foot or two ahead of you. Yeah, we used to play in my my grandma's farm. Really? Run run through the cornfield. Guess what we played? Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Really? Oh, Running through wow. the cornfields. Did you show your butts? We well, we didn't tell mom. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I hope mom doesn't hear this particular. And we episode. also had those stuffed horses with the plastic head stuffed with fabric. You know, yeah. and stick horses. Yeah. And we'd also take those out and ride them all the way out the trail, and then at the end of the trail, we, there were beehives, which we never seen. It, we, you know, we, the older you get, the further you could get down the farm. Oh yeah. Without going, turning back and getting scared or whatever, or tired. We ran back home. There's graves. There's a graveyard at the back of the farm. There's gravestones. Oh, those are the beehives. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> you mean we saw them from a distance? Not just natural beehives. No, no, no I'm sorry. White, yeah, yeah, Bo- white constructive. Yeah, oh, okay. we saw like a bunch of those. <laughs> And ran away. It's a graveyard. <laughs> we didn't get close enough. But I digress. Yes, we do. Did Did you find it physically? Did you find it difficult to run through the cornfield? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very pretty I, solid. I tried it once. <laughs> Playing Planet of the Apes? Uh, no. As as a like fifty plus year old <laughs> adult, I didn't try to run through it. Actually, I tried just walking through it. Are you running from the cops and, or something? <laughs> no, there, uh, there's a, a walking path <laughs> out by me, uh, and uh, next to the my wife and I go and uh, walk periodically through that. Especially when we had an older dog, it was good for her as yeah. well as us. Yeah. And I decided one day that I wanted to try walking through the cornfield. And I just went off about like eight or ten feet. I could still see sparsely through the stalks and stuff. I could still see the walkway. Yeah. But I found it tough going. And I definitely did not want to run into 
uh, a critter that is still prevalent in cornfields, and that's Apes corn with snakes. Nets. Oh, or, corn snakes. Or that alien from Signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that. Very oh, frightening. Because I was in one, one once. But and... I, I would have been, if I was a kid, I would have been terrified walking through stuff like that. Yeah, once in my that's grandma's. Because we're not rural. I guess. Once we keep in... our pants on and we stay out of cornfields. <laughs> <laughs> Once at my grandma's, I, I came up on a baseball field in the middle of the. No, I said, "Build it, and they will they come." They will come, and they did. But the hunt was great. Did you love the hunt? The hunt was oh, really yeah. cool. Now, some and of the netting was... catches were a little bit, yeah, staged. a little bit orchestrated. There was one where the net yeah. came up and the humans like bounced out of it, but then fell into it because yeah. they were told to direct by the directors to do yeah. that. But other than that, they're chasing the one guy with the net, and and he, the the net hits the stump. Oh, yeah. The human runs by the stump. I think it was, I don't know who it was. Clever. And yeah, mm-hmm. both the apes come flying off the horses. Yeah, you that know, was Conan esque. When you're yeah. a kid, yeah, you love that <laughs> yeah. stuff. And, and yeah. I thought it still holds up today. It does. It's, it's highly yeah, well the scene edited. It actually does. Yeah, it's, it's fast. The music is. And that's know. the first time we see the apes, is, is, is that after they, we see an ape on, a, on a, the back of a horse. Yeah, the, the three of them ride from right to left across the screen and they whirl with their guns. Okay, I also had the black and white silent version Super 8 millimeter films, and I before the days of videotape and Netflix, I would watch those little 13 minute Planet of the Apes films over and over. On on Super 8? Super 8, black. How did you get them? Where did those come from? They sold them at the Osco in the film department. They had a little twirling rack. Yeah, and you could buy like Charlie Chaplin and then some old Laurel and Hardy. My brother like, oh, let's do this. Buy one of these. Oh, they're expensive, and we'll have a film day like in the $4. basement. Four dollars. All the neighbors will come over and we'll charge them like a quarter. They were black and white. Yeah, they didn't have color. No. Super eight in those days. Not yet. Oh. And so um, that was one of the so several of these scenes I have thoroughly memorized. And it yeah. was the apes turning. I even know which one's eyes went to the left and the right <laughs> and stuff. Wow, that's serious. Now, were you amazed? When you saw the apes for the first time, were you amazed by yeah. the uh, detail that was added to their makeup? Yes. Because before that, the only apes that I ever saw on television were apes that were basically a guy in a gorilla suit that was real phony looking because yeah. he didn't even have any makeup around the eye holes <laughs> or the Nairobi trio from Ernie Kovacs. Yeah. They were always bopping each other. And and when I saw Planet of the Apes for the first time, I believed that they were uh, more realistic than, they were definitely. than anything I'd ever seen before. Their mouths and the interiors, when they spoke, seemed to be realistic movement yeah. and articulation. Uh, that, I thought, was fantastic. Well, um Henry Anderson won an Academy Award for the makeup. Okay, so I was uh, yes, yeah, for I sure. That's not really his name, but no. I just I wanted to no, appear it was John Chambers or Chamberlain. Oh, okay. Chambers, okay, Chambers. I knew you would fill in the. Well, correct I used word. to read f- famous monsters of yeah. Filmland all the time. Yeah, and that was I. They'd have articles on that makeup all the time, and Rick Baker, more recent and current day makeup artist genius, he did Schlock and these other movies. Then it started to come out when he grew up. He submitted to Famous Monsters photographs of himself wearing the ape's makeup that he did himself with foam latex. And I was like, oh, man, that guy's got the life. That's what I want to be. And Rick Baker was a little 13-year-old kid. Hey, Rick Baker, reader of Famous Monsters, sent in these photos of himself in his own make- ape's makeup. <laughs> and I'm like, that dude's cool. I want to hang out with that guy. Well, he's now famous makeup artist in Hollywood, and... And he I'm, doesn't he doesn't hang out with you, and I'm stuck here with you. Yeah, that's pretty pretty sad. <laughs> I think he got the better end of the deal. Yeah, the makeup was pretty astounding. I will I will agree. And and it's funny because one of the things about this movie that always interests me is there are, are several scenes that are iconic, and they sort of give away the whole movie. It's kind of like Psycho at the end of the movie. You know, it's. It turns out it's Anthony Perkins' mother. And you can ruin the whole film by telling people, hey, it's Anthony Perkins, it's his mother. Um, but the film still holds up and you still want to see it. Even though you know what's coming, even after you've seen it a few times and you know what's coming, it still holds up. And, and I remember watching that in the in the theater 
Dave with you a couple of months ago, and I thought this scene still works, and it's the movie is still drawing me in, even though I know everything that's going to come up. And I am really glad because I, you can tell I love it so much. I think it's fantastic, and I was really worried you'd be <laughs> you're going that was the stupidest scene. Yeah, when the apes were on the horses and you saw them for the first time, I'd be like, well, how can you say that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Now this did get a best original score for motion picture, Jerry Goldsmith. Best oh, costume, Jerry Goldsmith. Best wow. costume design. Oh, nominated for best costume design and score. Didn't get best um, costume? No, it was that probably it was to... known for its avant-garde compositional techniques of the music. The unusual percussion. I'm reading yeah. this now from Wiki, but you know, this is my take on the Acad- it was an honorary Academy Award for John Chambers for his makeup. Did they not have a makeup award back then? They may maybe not. I don't think they did. Yeah. And yeah, Serling was on. So so yeah, you get these great. You're right, Jeff. Those scenes just to me really hold up. There's just yeah. a ton of them. So, um, the people then the, then the, they're captured, and my son Adam's like, "This is like the Holocaust." What he thought of? Oh yeah, interesting. Being caged and captured and herded. and round, hound, yeah, herded, rounded up. And then you see yeah. the, the shot of them moving into the where the humans are all tied up on the bars and strung up. Yes, right. and that's that's pretty like heavy animals, stuff. Like animals, like a big like a big game hunt, just like type a big game hunt. Like they've been out, and the f- a first word they ever speak is, "How's your mama?" <laughs> no, is that not it? I'll give you a hint. The first you word see the apes, apes standing seen. with their kill smile, and the photographer's there, and the first word the apes speak in the film is smile, smile. Oh, again, I'd never thought about that. Isn't really? that great? Yeah, it is great. It is like humorous and and creative. Yeah, you think it would be something like you know, kill the humans. You know, yeah. would be over the top. So they save the speaking even until the whole hunt is over, and then <laughs> they're in the relaxed setting and smile. And you're like, whoa! You know, these guys are all acting all really human-like. That's a good point. Yeah. You make a good point, Dave. Wait (laughs) a minute. Wait a minute. Here's the good point bell for tonight. Anytime somebody makes a good point, there it is. Yeah, so they capture capture them all. Taylor has been shot. Conveniently. Grazed in in the throat so that he can't speak. Uh, Langdon knocked out, I think. Uh, we see him injured and fall over. You're right. Right. And then the and we third don't know guy... what happened to the um, a- African-American astronaut. Yeah. Okay. So then what happens? Then what happens, Dave? Aren't they in the hospital? I believe so. Yeah. And we're right to the zoo surgery room. Yeah. And what happened? Which was cool. They got the hairy arms, and you're still looking at everything. The costumes, like Jeff, as you were saying, I thought they were amazing. And um, I don't know. I yeah, we get to, we get to enjoy seeing the apes moving around and enjoying that wonderful makeup. Uh, what about the um, person with the head injury? Uh, or the um, he's the one. That's Langdon. Langdon gets. Lobotomized? Well, yes. Yeah. So, so the storyline. Well, I had a note here that well, he's he's can't talk. They may move him to the main cage in the middle of the arena. We meet Doctor Zayas. Right. Taylor's riding in the dirt to communicate. Yes, right. And the other Z- Nova wipes it out. Now, how would Nova know that written word would not be good for him to show? Yeah, that's uh, I never Nova's thought about that. You, you have now wrecked the movie. I can no longer watch this film. <laughs> so there's a what's up with that. Yeah, what's up with that? She somehow knew to wi- knew to wipe that out. Yeah, she, she would not know. know that. No, she wouldn't know that. But she doesn't completely wipe it out, and this other human jumps on Taylor because he pushed the girl. Yeah, Nova. Right, and boom, they fight. They, They're taken out with those neck. Oh hooks. yeah, those great neck hooks. <laughs> All the kinds of with use the gorilla dogs. And yeah, stuff. yeah, on the end of the stick, and. Zayas sees the lettering on the ground still and recognizes it and wipes it out with his cane. Yeah. And my son Adam's like, oh, what now? What, what's going on with that? I mean, he, he really thought that was cool, too. Yeah. Um, I thought the acting overall was all very cool. Yeah, I think the acting was good. The, um, the art, like Dennis said, the when the apes were talking, the articulation of their proboscis. Uh-huh. They practiced... Was really, it was really and pretty good. Smiling. And, yeah. Yeah. And Roddy McDowell's performance when he first is communicating with Taylor was really wonderful, too. Yeah. This incredulous 
<laughs> look on his face like he's talking. I mean, you just yeah. really should see it again. But you know, there is a there is something about a sci- science fiction movie those that where you go, you get in your spaceship, you fly for a thousand years to a f- star far away, and you land on a planet, and you meet apes, not humans, apes, and everybody's speaking English. And you know, I'm still, uh, you know. But the surprise ending might explain that. There, there's two things. Well, that's true. There's two things that that constantly come up in science fiction movies for me that I, I as a scientist myself. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time getting over. One is the fact that they always have gravity in their spaceships, unless the director goes to great lengths to show how they have gravity, whether they're spinning the capsule or something like that to create gravity through centrifugal centripetal force. Let's see. Centrifugal Trifical. force. Centrifugal force. You can tell Jeff's an amateur scientist, but yeah. I do you want to say I do respect you as a scientist? I just want to hear that you respect me. And as a man. Oh, Nice. Want to see my butt? Please. In the cornfield. And the other is, and the other is, you know, meeting aliens and everybody speaks pretty good English. Like in the Star Trek with all the whole galaxy speaking English. Yeah. You know, supposedly in Star Trek, they've got a universal translator built into their comm badges, but I'm not buying it. Everybody speaks English. Oh, did they say that in that series? Yeah, they kind of say it. Did you know that? Yeah, and in other science fiction, sometimes you can swallow a pill or do something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, uh, yeah. I think Doctor Who uses that as their manner of oh. communication with all kinds of different species. Is Doctor Who science fiction, really? I'm not a Doctor Who guy. Do you watch Doctor Who? Are I'm, you a Doctor Who I'm guy? I've pretty much watched Doctor Who over the years. Really? Um, I've gone to a Doctor Who convention. Full disclosure. In uh, suburban Chicago, and uh, had uh, or gone to a luncheon and watched one of the Doctor Who's perform magic tricks. Oh, John Pertwee was, uh, was very uh, adept at sleight of hand, and so he'd do a little uh, magic act in front of the audience oh. that came to the luncheon and oh. stuff, which was kind of fun. And I actually uh, snuck my way into a closed hall and made it to the TARDIS and got oh. movies of me walking out of the TARDIS, <laughs> which was cool. Jeff, I like I, I, the old series I didn't follow, the new one. Bridget loves the old series right? oh, yeah. And, yeah. and the new. Yeah. But when they rebooted it, uh, Megan got into it, and we I watched them with Megan and, and then Aaron, and I thought they were incredibly clever and funny. I, told, I was telling you, you should really? check these out. Okay, yeah. we started to watch the first season. Go to the second one. Of one of the new ones with this girl. What's her name? Yeah, Rose, name. Rose. Rose. Not the best companion. Yeah, and so we got about halfway through the first season. I said, I, I, and I said to my wife, I said, I said, wife, I said, honey, not, I'm not feeling it. And she said, I was waiting for you to say that because I'm bored. So yeah, we stopped. I think but, the second but do or third. People, people do say, Go to the second season and watch it. Well, the, yeah. the real fun of it is to go back and see the few episodes that still exist of the first and second Doctor yeah. to see how cheesy right. they oh, yeah. were and then see how they've upgraded yeah. sure. over the That's years. That's what I hear. And still has the air of cheesiness and humor yes. in that series, which they're not doing in Planet of the Apes. No. no. Taking this pretty seriously, although it has a lot of um, little satirical moments – Within the yeah. film, mm-hmm. uh, when the judges okay, so uh, Taylor does the paper airplane thing. He still can't speak. Yeah, right. And again, you know, they're like, "Oh, flight!" And he comes from this place. He's saying and or showing us and right. And then Zayas, of course, what's he do with the paper airplane? Crushes it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, he's the protector of the truth, right? Not yeah, and this, this this intrigued me a little bit after reading the book, and it makes me appreciate this in the movie. Is if and I, I was starting to think if this had happened to me. And I was in this situation, and I could not speak. How would I demonstrate my intelligence? That's and I thought, I, and I thought, this is really an interesting. So creating the paper air, airplane, I thought, was pretty brilliant. Yeah, and in the book, which we'll do next show, but yeah, it, and it gets into the mathematical drawings, which was, of course, right. really brilliant. Yeah, was I, although if he showed them to me, I would look at it like, look, he's making stupid scribblings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Pythagorean <laughs> theorem. Look at this stupid thing. <laughs> Yeah, would have been wasted. Would have been wasted on you, Dave. Yeah, so he did that. So he's trying to he's trying to prove that he can 
that he's an intelligent. Right, right, right. Why do you think that the storyteller went and subdivided the apes the way that he did into the three racial categories? Racial or castes. Yeah, it comes from the novel. It does. And I don't know why Pierre Bull did that either, that the ape. This, that the orangutans are scientists and chimpanzees to an extent, right? Chim- but they're conservatives. The chimpanzees are liberals, right? And then the gorillas are the more of the warrior caste, right? And that the jocks is true from the the novel for yeah. the most part, yeah. Right. And and just having read the novel recently, it made me appreciate that more in the film. And they follow that in the film. They did. They don't make any kind of a deal out of it. They don't really mention. I don't think do they? No. This, well, this sort of Zero will dislike the gorillas, and or maybe it's the sequels more. Okay. Oh, the dumb gorillas. They yeah. want war because in Beneath Planet of the Apes they go to war, and so it's a huge issue. And the chimpanzees are protesting for peace. It's like a '68 anti-Vietnam um, war yeah. protest mm-hmm. in Beneath Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Um. And so then they come to Geldum, right? And Julius, the gorilla guard, who's one of my favorite characters, he has the cigar and the purple pants. Oh, yeah. The big hairy arms. He was yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. And he says, oh, if they only knew what they were going to do to you, yeah. you know? Oh. And, and then he, he knocks him unconscious and he escapes. He's running. Then you get the great chase through yeah. the town. Right. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that, Dennis? What was your favorite part I- of that? I just loved the the chase in general. Uh, it was so well done, and it was so fast paced. I thought uh, the camera work and stuff in that section of the movie was uh, very engrossing. It, it drew me into the film, made me feel like I was part of the chase. I I felt very. Uh, upset and anxious while I was watching the chase more than uh, a, a, t- a typical type of animal hunt although that's what I considered it at mm. the time yeah. I, from the point of view of the apes what is it it's a, a wild animal hunt in in my city yeah exactly right uh, and, uh, sh- I'm looking up Schaffner here too the director yeah and he did um Patton oh okay I'm, I'm really surprised that I was so off on this Papillon. Okay. Um, it's not coming in now, but I looked at it previously. He was known as one of the better big um, film directors like David Lean, mm. handling those kind of epic scope kind of things. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I so, throw that so in, not a chase. hack. Not a hack. Not a hack. Charlton Heston didn't take this film absolutely. because it was a crummy little film. A- absolutely. Uh, talking about the chase, though, I, I noticed when we watched it recently, Dave, in the theater, I thought I didn't like the chase. I actually you, didn't oh, like the okay. chase. Oh, why? Really? Why? Yeah, why? I actually felt that it was too confined, too small feeling. Um, felt like Charlton Heston would run up, run up the stairs, and, and the <laughs> apes would go through another door, and then Charlton Heston would have run down the stairs. Well, true. And they, the apes would come, you know, walk. You know, run past another way, so, and then he would jump down. Charlton Heston would jump down, uh-huh. not like they do in movies now, where they jump down like two stories and roll, tuck and roll. <laughs> he jumped down like three stairs. Well, so was it a Bugs then, Bunny, Elmer Fudd chase? Yeah, too? it was kind. Of, it was kind of yeah. <laughs> really, the doors opening and closing, and I thought we're they're just inside this fairly small confined area, ape city. I didn't get any kind of feeling that it was a big, expansive thing. It felt very, I felt very claustrophobic. No, that, no, that is true. That is true. You that, are correct That's about kind it. of what made it in, in, more intense that's for what, me. Yeah. I felt confined, um, the trapped feeling like you can't that get out. a person would seem to have if they were being chased. Yeah. Well, that's but, because you're not rural. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't, you don't show your friends your butts when no. you go dumping yeah. into the little... Um, the crick. That's the true, crick. too. The crick. And the funeral happens in the chase. Oh, yes. He runs past the funeral, which was a which was an interesting, Pretty cool. um, I forgot funny moment. That. Uh-huh. Then you start getting all the little satirical moments. Yes. But they're not over. I thought they were wonderful. Yeah. I remember I, one I critic too. was like, oh, it was just their stupid humor. I'm like, no, no way. That was really well done. Where the, there was where, an ape, ape like no other, and they take yeah. those little quotes that men use. And in the book, he never met an ape he didn't like. He, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And in the book, he, uh, you know, basically was too. There's a section in the book that talks about 
the apes were aping the humans because it was an issue of right. who established the culture. Yeah. Because now we know the surprise ending and everything. And so the film touched on that through those kind of touches, I thought. You know, the funeral. And then he hits the museum. Yes. He's running and, through and he, and he comes, Langdon. He comes upon stuffed humans. Yeah. Like we see with the Cro-Magnon man at the Field Museum. Or, or uh, Bushman, as you mentioned before. You can go to the Field Museum and see Bushman. Yep. yep. And then he comes upon the African-American astronaut. Oh, right. He's oh, stuffed. that's what I'm. That's the, he's the one that's stuffed, not he's Langdon. Stuffed. I was thinking of Langdon, but he's stuffed. Yeah, in the museum, and yeah. that's just shocking. That was, and then the music. He turns that corner, he freezes, he looks, and then the music ends. You know, just yeah. for a moment, and then yeah. the chase is still on. Yeah. So it's just so. I thought it was just so fast and wonderful. He gets hooked with the lasso, and they're leaping around. You know, the council oh, stairs. Yes. He's up and down the stairs. Where up you and down the up stairs and down in the arena. Stairs. Yeah. And um, they finally throw the net over him, and, and then, says, and then that—I mean, that's huge. We must be a little more, maybe a little more than halfway through the film. Oh yeah. And he finally utters those words. Uh, utter. He didn't utter. He screams those words. Dave, do it. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty apes! Yeah. And all the apes turn and stare. And some of the apes had the stupid masks on. Now that's my problem with this film. I'll do a what's up with that. They had all this great makeup, and then they made these masks that were all the stupid with the roundy lips. They had no pointy lips. They didn't have defined noses. Really? They, you could almost see the eyes in the, in the, in the mask. Mm-hmm. Yes, watch it again. The fur is all bad. And they had a bunch of the dudes wearing those for, like, long shots, but then they let them into some close-ups. Almost, oh, almost. Hi, boy, I didn't, didn't notice that. Look at it again. Okay. Very frustrating. Oh, that's horrible. It's Terrible a travesty. Thing. The humanity. Or the ape, the ape man, And Adam said when he got caught, "Oh, well, I was waiting the whole time for that. What a relief!" <laughs> like I don't yeah. know what he meant by that, but oh, that um, he finally spoke. He finally. Oh, got that was word talking. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And, they and take, the apes are, of course, shocked. Yes, they all turned. They're shocked. They were throwing fruit at him. Yes, he's in the circle. It's like you're being bullied. I, again, I thought it was marvelous. Yeah, and they take him to the cages with Nova. She's taken away from him. Nova, yeah. Lucky. He was lucky. He, he found the, the cute girl on the planet. Mm-hmm. I think she was a beauty queen, actually. Oh, really? I thought so. Well, so now we're I to the don't next look phase. It up be, I don't look it up I'm because your to. fantasy about that is better than the reality <laughs> anyway. So stick with that. That's they, You know, it's kind of the problem of the internet. You look up stuff and you go, oh... Geez, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, she actually only had, like, one leg. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything about bad about people. Was she in Play uh, Ape or something? One leg. But it's like, yeah, and she was only four feet tall. And then I, you know, I, I didn't take any um, any plot notes from there on because we were in a movie. That's as far as I got with the, yeah. the kids, and then we stopped watching, right. and we went to the film. So what happens? He's on trial. Yes, mm-hmm. the legal system, and there's a great, um, well, maybe too contrived, but a see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Yeah, well, that pose. was one of those little uh, funny, funny bits in the movie that yeah it worked okay. You thought it, it was okay? okay for me? Do you remember it? Uh huh. It's it's very subtle. You know, I think those scenes like that, and the scene with uh, running through the funeral where the funeral funeral director is saying he never met an ape he didn't like. Those are for the benefit of the audience because Charlton Heston, as Taylor as a character, does not notice that, or if he does, he doesn't react to it in you're, any way. Yeah, you're so, right. so we're so it's not a distraction for him. He's not pulling anything from that or making any conclusions from that. It's it's just for the benefit of the audience to get for a little comic relief, maybe or something, or maybe just something that the director could not resist showing us. Yeah, thought oh this will be great. So clever. This will be funny. Yeah. Yeah, and the, so, tri- and the trial's pretty cool. The trial is pretty cool, and again, they're trying to get him naked. Well, he's a stinky beast. He's a, he is Rips a that clothing beast. off him, yeah. which is his moment of humiliation. Is, yes, I thought, really right. well done. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's Even though true. they're apes. Yeah. They're and Charlton Heston is... Dignity. He's, he's used to that. Yes. I saw him on one of the worst undressed, top ten worst undressed lists once, too. Is that right? Yeah. Something about his upper structure... <laughs> There's something wrong with his upper structure. Yeah, there's something. 
Okay. As, I, as far as women think. You know, in the day, oh, men I, in the day I think he was probably considered buff. But by today's standards, no. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So the trial, he's found... The trial is great. Guilty they, or innocent. Yeah, or, they're trying to figure out whether or not he's... A freak? Right. Oh, yeah, there's a moment when uh, Julius, trained. Julius screams at him, Shut up, you freak! And he's shooting him with the water hose. Yeah, right. That really bugged me. It was yeah. like, oh my gosh, he's calling him names and shut up, you freak. Doesn't really shut... think that he's an intelligent being. Just yeah. thinks he's a freak of nature doing imitations or something. Yeah. Yeah. So then they, the rescue comes. They send the teen kid. You can't trust anyone over 30. Oh, yes. Line, and yeah. He rescues yeah. him. Yeah. They sneak him out of town to the caves. Right. Where... Cornelius has been excavating information that's going to be revelatory. Yes. Right? And what does yeah. he find in the... Roddy McDowell, great great character, working with um, Zira. They're engaged, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and con- he's off- contrary to the keeper of the truth information, too. Yes. Oh, right. Right. He didn't want him digging out there in the forbidden zone or near the right. forbidden zone. Yeah. And so what do they find in the cave? They find remnants of a former civilization and uh, at various levels finding things, various uh, artifacts, the most startling being a doll, a human doll that says mama. Yeah, when they drop it. Yeah. And Taylor looks up at Zayas and says, tell me, doctor, would an ape make a human doll? That talks. Yeah. Now, I never would have thought of that. I mean, that's that's a pretty pivotal moment because somehow that changes, it sort of changes everybody's, or it's in, it's informing the apes of the importance of this period. I kind of missed that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really see the... the significance of it saying mama. I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that it was a doll. That's the Rod Serling touch, though, isn't it? I yeah, mean, he uses dolls right. in several yeah. Well, yeah. episodes of Twilight Zone. and Yeah. It's in the like book, that. too, though. Was it in the mm-hmm. book? Yeah, it was, it was in the, the book. doll, right? Yeah, it was the doll. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And so, of course, then we know this previous civilization was probably human. Yes. We were here first, I think, Taylor says. Right? Yeah. We were here first. Here's the evidence. And then they um, shootout happens. Yeah. And... Off he goes. He gets they capture Zayas and Taylor. Yeah, there's a little bit away. of a back and forth. Who's uh, I couldn't figure out at some point. You know, like who's who's got the drop on who? Yeah, that wasn't as well done. First they're shooting, then we're shooting, then they're shooting, then we're shooting, then then we're captive, and then they're captive, and then I got this guy. And the, you know, yeah, I, yeah, they could have been better direct, yeah. directed. I think yeah. the only thing I'd say. And then uh, they tie up Zayas. They tie up Zayas and... Call off the gorillas and yeah. off he goes. Yeah. And Zayas, Zayas knows. He kind of knows. Oh, yeah. That this is the case. And he's been trying to squelch this knowledge, trying to keep this down from the people because it's the people, the ape people, because it's too... Um, uh, it's controversial. So he's been trying to squelch it. Um, but it's going to get out. It's obvious that it's going to well, get if, out. If they tried chasing him down the beach after things were over, uh, how are they going to explain the humanoid ironworks? Yeah, time to go to it. So what's the final ending scene there, Dennis? Uh, seeing the Statue of Liberty sticking out of the sand and wondering whether... Uh, well, it looks like it's been semi-melted. Yeah. So we we have to believe at the time that there was some sort of nuclear holocaust. And, and that Taylor kind of, says it. They've done it. They finally did it. The fool, you, you the blew it up. Damn mm-hmm. fools! They blew it up. They blew it up. Yeah, yeah. You darn, you darn naughty people! <laughs> Gosh darn you all to heck! And that's where he was so cynical about mankind the whole time, and now yes. it's confirmed. Yeah, at the end, the big surprise ending. Which was huge. Uh, seeing it as a kid and not knowing what was coming, that was huge. I We went home from the theater and I was just like... 
I often wonder, though, how, how well that went over in other parts of the world. In America, the oh, Statue of Liberty. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crucial to our way of life. That's an image that's ingrained in each of us. But across the world, you go like, well, gee, what would they have to see over there? You know, a semi-melted I, Eiffel Tower or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. for their yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it, right. where, yeah, what other iconic structures? Wall of China, shown? maybe? That's what I was thinking. Great you know. wall, but how would it be melted as much? But or the a Eiffel pyramid? Tower, the, yeah. Pyramid, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Domino's Pizza? Uh, yeah, <laughs> box brought out of the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... It's, it's, a, an, it's, I, it's an interesting twist because, and we'll be talking about this in the book. Actually, a lot of the movie follows the book pretty well. Better than I remembered. Me too. Yeah. And I read the book too, like in 1973 yes. or something yep. like that. Me I read too, the book as a kid. Um, but then I read it again recently and I thought, wow, the, the movie really does follow the book. But this is a stark departure from the book. The book never goes to this. Doesn't point. do nuclear destruction. No, and that's where it's very sixties Cold War reflection. Yeah. Well, and and I, I didn't think about it at the time probably because I was just overwhelmed at how cool it was seeing the Statue of Liberty up to her waist in sand. That was so awesome. But thinking about, they traveled all those years in the spaceship, and they ended up back on Earth. Like that's really bad driving. <laughs> didn't they have like didn't they have well, any kind scientifically of, uh, they were nascar drivers left hand turn left hand yeah. turn left hand turn back to earth and wouldn't the rest of the universe <laughs> not that we're saying anything bad about nascar drivers. no wouldn't no, the rest no. of the they universe can't make a right turn they, couldn't they tell from the stars that they were back on earth couldn't and they the sun was over yeah. there and then because so, you really had the feeling throughout the film that they are on a, another planet because yes. they they landed in a desert. I mean, they, they've never encountered. They never encountered anything that was remotely like you, our civilization. You kind of think that they, since the ship was on some sort of autopilot, yes, that it wouldn't have taken them in some sort of gigantic loop. Yeah. So I think if if I was Taylor, the character, I would have said, "Gosh darn." How did we end up back here? Oi. How did we end up back here? We thought we were on another planet. Oi. Instead we're of back on Earth. They blew it up, the damn fools? Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, wait, wait a minute. We spent all that fuel and we never actually got anywhere. I, I have a few last notes. Uh, music, again, I'll put in a plug. Strange, alien sounding, sparse, dissonant at times, and very percussion oriented. And I told Adam said it's a break drum. He's a percussionist. He loved the score. Uh, script, a little stilted with the beginning as, as he's laying out the moral thing with yeah. Taylor and the guy. A little bit, but Laura said she loved it. It established the characters really well for her. And it's the first time she saw it pretty much as an adult mm. there mm-hmm. at the house and then finishing it at the theater. Um, and Adam laughed when Taylor said, if this is the best, as he first sees the humans, if this is the best they got on this planet, we'll be running the place in three months. Oh yeah, and that Adam's a but, good line. Oh, that's a great. <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> he loved that. He's a was a high, he's a uh, senior at that time, right? And there's a line: "Human see, human do." Was in there, right? Leading to the other things. Um, Zaius's great lines I liked. Zaius said, "The sooner man is exterminated, the better." Yeah. And um, as you dig for artifacts, Cornelius, be sure you don't bury your reputation. Right. That was that threat where he's the keeper of the truth, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cinematography, some great tracking shots, camera work, camera flares in the sun and all that. Yeah. And Adam noticed yeah. that. Mm-hmm. He liked it. Yeah. I don't the know day if they do that, that was, as much anymore. No, I think it's it's been done. So for Adam. So not so much anymore. For Adam, that was new. Yeah. Right? Um, great long shots establishing the location and showing how small they are in the universe. Humans are shown through the brush. Brush. Oh, we talked about that one. Um, and we talked about the makeup. And I don't know. Any closing comments from you, gentlemen? Or well, I uh, again, I, I want to go back to the ending because I thought, as I'm looking back on it now, what was the film about? If you could say, what was the film about? If we looked at the film, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier: a cautionary tale, because. 
Isn't it like if we're not careful, we can blow ourselves up? Absolutely. We can end our civilization, which was really a a fear during the Cold War, which when the film was made. And um, we can quick, and all of this other stuff can happen. That's, for me, that's what the film was about. You are absolutely correct. I don't think that's what the book was about. No. I think that's what the film was about. Yeah, yeah, you had said that earlier. If they hadn't done that at the end of the movie, it would have changed the whole movie. It would have been a whole different thing. If they really were on a different planet, it would have been a whole different thing. It wouldn't have brought in the nuclear war thing and the fact yeah. that, that, you know. And it's, I guess it's why it's one of the most famous ending scenes in film history. Yeah, I think uh, so. Right? Other people say that. To me, it's just like, oh, the end of Planet of the Apes, I love that. Yeah. Other people are like, oh, yeah, that was like one of the great scenes at the end of a film. Yeah. One of the great shockers, it's, you know. And um, and we love to see it. We love to sit through the whole movie so we can see that. <laughs> to me, that's that's kind of like that's the payoff. That's yeah. the money shot of a two-hour film. Yeah, it's also but, about race relations. Yeah. So, did you get that, Dennis? That, uh, I, that it's about race and I took it as, as uh, a little bit of uh, racial uh, tone, but I took it more uh, as um, a division of man's emotional status uh, we seek the truth and yet if the truth doesn't conform to what we'd like we tend to obliterate it hmm. be that racism or anything else and uh that, history that, yeah to, and that yeah. we mm-hmm. we okay. have this dichotomy between our own apish gorilla brutality and uh, need to overcome it and become reasonable mm. or maintain a reasonable status for a status quo mm-hmm. to make everybody comfy in what they're doing. Uh, but the sh- the ending being uh, a shocker, you know, yeah. took took that away from me. It yeah, took, took my concentration away from that. But but the- so, so I see that. So through that, so the guys running naked, their butts. I'm getting back to the butts. Do you know that, I'm sorry, that just, dehumanizes us in a way? Well, it doesn't dehumanize, but decivilizes us. Yes, mm-hmm. because when they the, strip Taylor in the council. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now they yeah, had they had were, originally a shot of the um, Statue of Liberty from behind, and you could see the butt because the because the, the gown nice was butt. was melted Under away that. in the yeah. nuclear holocaust. But it was a female, but it was too sexy. They edited yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah I, I would have loved to seen the fire hose used on. <clears throat> yeah. I think we'd have seen a little Raquel Welch expose. <laughs> so, so anything else deep, from you, Dave? Deep film, obviously, I loved it. Yeah, can't say enough great things. You can read a lot into it, and uh, but you can also enjoy it as just a great adventure film and entertainment. So it, it works on a lot of yeah. different levels. Yeah, and the yeah. makeup's dated by today with with the computers, but look at it from the lens of then, and it's still kind of cool. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. Still a classic movie, still worth watching. Go watch it. And it makes me want to watch it again. And show it to your kids. Show it to your kids. When they're old enough to see butts. Yeah. You finally made me want to read the book. I, yeah, you didn't do it, but you're staying for the next show. Yeah. So, All right, that wraps up this show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. We'll be talking about Planet of the Apes, the book. Did you know it was a book? It was. It's it was a, a book a before novel. the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a science book. It's a science fiction book. So... Be Before listening it was for a that. screenplay. Yeah. Wow. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Spine. And sprocket.